0: What's up, everybody? It's your main man, Kel Breezy, and we're back again in Kel's world. And we'll continue on this journey of the Nightmare in Street franchise. Oh, man, New Line Cinema, the house that Freddy built. And on this one, we're going to be talking about the Nightmare on M Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. And it just ain't like any other, like, um... No you know, slash movie, no, Freddy, Jason, and Michael Myers. It's always that one movie that just stands out more than the others. That just is different than the others. And, and for the Nightmare Industry franchise, part two is it. Yeah, it stands out like a kind of a sore thumb. It does. I mean, I mean, like I said, in the other ones, you got Friday the 13, you got part five that stands out because Jason wasn't a killer. And Halloween, part three stands out because Michael Myers is not in it. Someone who's consistent, really, with well, I'm sorry, but I will say Chucky. i series. play serious. Chucky stands out because it is really the one that just really went off the rails of craziness and weirdness and some uncomfortable comedy. Yeah. Anyway, Nightmare on Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. This at this point, you know, Robert Englund he has returned to Freddy Krueger once again, and this time, unfortunately. Wes Craven was not a part of this project. Now he wasn't. reason he wasn't a part of this project because they was going in a different direction with bringing Freddy back. And this one, it it doesn't continue. It's not a continuation of part one where you Freddy, he trying to kill M Street kids, the kids, kill the kids of the parents that burned him alive for him killing other kids. Yeah about some revenge now he's at the whole new family a family that moves into the house that nancy thompson from part one once lived in and her story is really a thing of legend because everybody knows about it and how she her mother got killed and she and nancy had to see her boyfriend glenn get killed from across the street you know so it's her. i mean they still this is the continuation but like the story kind of goes not it's not about freddie you know killing teenagers now I'm trying to it's more of a like a house the enemy horror like it's his house possessed, that's a possessed demon living in it and he wants not a girl, but it wants Jesse. He wants to possess Jesse's and take over Jesse's body. That's why the part in the scene where Jesse's having these nightmares and he meet Freddy Krueger and Freddy's like, You have the body. I have the brain <laughs> and laughs. Uh, yeah, he went through this like as a kid. I never understand, I didn't really understand this movie. I just remember liking this movie, you know, it was because it was dark, it was scary, it was, it was creepy. It was... <sighs> we were trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Like, why is this going on? What's going on in this? Is he lie? Is he woke? Is he asleep? Is this a lot of nightmares? Yeah, but it was about. It wasn't so much more about nightmares, about possessions and apparently Wes Craig wasn't down with that so that's why he was not a part of this So anyway, it, it had a few cute, cool kills in it I couldn't get that out, cool kills Like I want to put the word cool and kills together, it's quills That's what was coming out, but cool kills And um, and there's a girl named Jessie who's played by Mark Patton as a love interest named Lisa, played by Kim Myers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Jesse's having these dreams, and he dreams he keeps—he starts sleepwalking, and he's doing this, and is trying to entice him to like pretty much become like the next Springwood slasher and kill. Even at one point in the movie, where Freddy tried to get Jesse to kill his own little sister, and and then we even get to see Jesse—he's dreaming, he's sleepwalking, and he sees the. The jump rope group singing song one two, coming for you. But for this one, they kind of slowed it down, slow motion. Like one, two, three, coming for you. Yeah, but anyway, like I said, that's cool because um, and there's this gym teacher. And this gym teacher, he's like really hard ass. He's old. testament, like he ain't gonna take it to the principal to so get to fight him because Jesse and his friend, his friend of me. Ron Grady, played by Robert Russler, who you also have saw him in the, um, the Weird Science movie. It's one of the, the bullies to Gary and White. Yeah. That's where you see him in. In that movie, you see him in. But um Ron and Jesse get into a fight. Instead of the gym Coach, Coach Snyder, he make them do push-ups. He ain't going to Prince off him suspension punish you. Make you do push-ups all that. But, um, Ron kind of throw out a line that, you know, Snyder, actually, he's like, pretty boys like Jesse, and Jesse kind of just brushes off, like, whatever. You know, that's the beginning of their weird friendship. That's why I kind of call them frenemies, because, yeah, it's kind of weird. But like I said, Jesse and his fan moves into Nancy's house, and then start weird stuff start happening, like, Jesse finds Nancy's old diary, talking about Freddy Krueger, and Jesse's like, oh my god. I had dreams about this guy before. It's getting weird. Like stuff, weird stuff I had. Like their birds going rampage, and one of blows up. And it, when it blows up, before it blew up, it killed the other bird. Just some weird stuff happening. Just like I said, Jesse sleepwalks, and he end you know, up like pretty much like he sleepwalks, but you know, actually, he's being possessed by Freddy. Freddy makes him want him to kill for me, and then so he does he end up going to a bar where coach Snyder hangs out it's kind of like a dominatrix you know like where everybody wear whips and chains and spikes yeah that's pretty much where so coach Snyder hangs out so coach Schneider sees jesse stopping from drinking the beer and bob things he once again he don't turn him over you No, know, like anybody turns him over he just he makes jesse go to school and go to the gym and run laps and then he makes jesse hit the shower then coach my party jump i don't know what's happening i guess he's gonna break jesse i don't know and then things went crazy like things went sideways that's why like this This like it's awkward like uh everybody sleep is coach schneider's sleep is Jesse's sleep i was Frenchman, the accused me like the, coach knight is awful crazy balls were like not basketballs and tennis balls i have got to be a little more Specific when I'm speaking when it comes to this movie, because this movie got has been said to kind of have underlying homosexual meanings in this movie, like Jesse screaming like a girl, and the Mac pardon Matt Mark Patton in real life is homosexual. So and there was a lot of unhomosexual tension going on with this whole kill scene with Snyder like. Next thing you know, like the jungle they wrap him wrap around right his wrist, they pull him in the shower, and then they his clothes get ripped off, and then uh, towels just start like whipping on his butt. You know how guys wind their towels and heat to each other with him, but they was hitting coach on the butt. Then the thing from the shower just filled up and then you know, we no longer see Jesse, we see Freddie. And next thing you know, they're, like Freddie's glove claws just start scratching him on his back his back. I don't wanna say scratch because it was cloned. The co back twice, and he died, but, but nude in the shower. Now we see Jesse holding his girl, glove, screaming, and that's the you know, police take him home. and his, dad, his parents think he's on drugs, or he's just crazy, he needs some help. And dad think he needs just a swift kick to the butt. That's the, that's the school. That's the, no way. The police are there, everybody's there like, i like, somebody got Snyder. Killed him in the shower. There's blood and footprints everywhere. Anyway, lisa this cool, rich girl. She's rich because back then, if you had a pool in your backyard, you was rich. <laughs> this is the days we're talking about. So, in a regular neighborhood, not like in Valley or anything, he was rich. She had a house. She was rich. me. So, her and Jesse—they're playing detective, investigator. They're trying to figure out what's going on and why Jesse having these dreams, and these visions, and apparently. Lisa did some research about Freddy Krueger Her and Jason went to the whole boiler room where Freddy used to work And they're trying to see if they don't have premonitions I only thing gives a mouse running around Yeah they gave more backstory on Freddy Krueger in this movie as well About, you know, how he took kids to the boiler room here At this power this plane he's working And kill him They call him Freddy Krueger, but yes. Name now, Freddy Krueger and his now his red and green sweater that has red and green stripes. Now and his eyes are more demonic in this when It, I mean, they show up to play with the glove, but man, he don't really have the glove like towards the end. Because the reason I'm gonna the reason I say that because this has his party. Jesse's there. He feels uncomfortable because he don't know what's going. He's going crazy. Him and Lisa start making out because i'm hot and steamy, and Jesse's on top of Lisa. Then. Raised. I guess that's his tongue comes out of Jesse's mouth and starts licking Lisa and Jesse runs away and Lisa's ready to She's ready to climb Space Mountain She's ready to do the horizontal park She's ready to do the hibbity dippity She's ready to hop on the good foot and do the bad thing Okay, yeah, I took too far, whatever But yeah, so what does Jesse do? He goes over to Ron's house and Ron's like There's a girl waiting for you to slide into but you want to sleep in here with me kind of weird. So, anyway, you know, Jesse tells you know, he, of course, he tells Ron there to their friend. He tells I like, he was fine you. You're crazy, whatever. Jesse, he's like I'm sleep here and he tells Ron if I fall asleep wake me up don't let me leave And my mom like watching him move his kid, like he fell asleep quick, nothing you know. Jesse starts freaking out Ron's scared. He can't get his room. And this thing, we see like one of the greatest practical effects, makeup, movie transformations I have seen in a movie, in a slasher movie. I put it like that. We got to see Freddy Krueger rip out of sight of Jesse. We saw the, the nail claws coming out of Jesse's hand. We saw Jesse open his mouth. We saw an eye in the back of his throat. We saw Freddy's head pressing out of Jesse's torso. We saw him this it's just, Ripped out of him, ripped Jesse in half. And he didn't have a glove anymore, it was just like a a meat patty with a cooked meat patty with cooked sausage links with knives coming out of it. No glove. But he killed him wrong. Like he lifted one right off the left hand and claws right through his torso and goes all the way down to his stomach. He gutted him, he diced His pants couldn't get in. Like I said, this movie has a low. Well, this has this one doesn't have a little kill count because it's party at the barbecue scene, back at least house Freddy pops up because Jesse goes there and once again Freddy takes over Jesse and then as I talked pool party kill 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 ends and kids one kid's like I can help you let me help you Freddie tells him help yourself fucker and throws them them that iconic line you're all my children now. Lisa's parents, her dad tried to shoot Jesse with a shotgun, but Lisa stops him, cause she knows who Freddy really is. It's pretty much like, Freddy, like, you kill me, you kill him. And they go to the power plant, boiler room, whatever, where, instead of Freddy killing her, Lisa, she confess her love for Jesse, and Jesse starts fighting back from the inside, and weakening Freddy, and, some, and an awkward kiss between a dying Freddy and Lisa happens. It was weird, dude. That was gross. Pretty gross. Next thing you know, they'll start storming and lightning strikes and then the fire breaks out. And once again, Freddy's on fire. He like oh. So You know, turn of events and Jesse don't die. Now he's fully back and Freddy's gone. He comes up, he vibes through the ashes like a phoenix. Next day everything's back to normal. And apparently everybody's like, that's a great party. Jesse starts spazzing out because the bus driver kind of speeds up. But it's like, it's over. And the chick in the backseat cares. She's like, it's over. It's all over. Then Freddie like just rips out through her chest. Like, let me out, let me out, let me out. And then the bus rides off into the desert. What the hell just happened? And I guess, they never to be seen again. Another ending to a nightmare industry movie with a confusing ending like so yeah, I just don't believe in giving folks a happy ending. I just want to keep giving folks a confused ending like so was this a dream or is Freddie possess her now? What's going on? I don't know. Another weird ending. I don't know so anyway guys uh well, let's get into some fun facts while shall we do 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 time for the fun fact some things that you may know or may not know that i know or i learned before and if you guys are interested check out the um never sleep again documentary about the nightmare Industry movies. Um, You can find on Amazon like I did or if you have the Shudder app. Um, Last time I checked it was on there. I watched it on there a couple of times. I didn't like putting a DVD in. So, yeah. Oh yeah, Mark Patton. He has a documentary about his life on there. On Shudder. Um, Scream Queen or something. Yeah. He's on Shudder. I didn't watch all of it, you know, I just kind of watched to see like how he gets started acting and how this movie didn't really launch his career and how it just backfired. Yeah, so, anyway. Anyway, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Free Revenge came out in 1985. This is also known as the one where Freddy just really wants to enter a young man's body. I mean, that's what it was about. Possessing. Yeah, so. I mean, like Bob Shay just wanted to go in a different direction with this when uh, and he got out. He pretty much had to write the name of Air Streets because Wes Craven had um he gave up the rights to New Line as part of the deal to get the first movie made. So yeah, oh my gosh, <laughs> and this movie just sticks to like a sore thumb. So let's talk about some fun facts of this movie. First of all, I know what people wonder. Again, I think I touched on this already earlier earlier on this episode. About number one, why didn't Wes Craven return? Wes Craven he never intended to create a new horror franchise with an endless string of sequels. His version of Nightmare on Elm Street was supposed to be Nancy waking to realize everything, including Freddy, had been a dream. But it was Bob Shay who overruled him and added in the ending. Leave it open for Freddy to return. This was the culmination of a series of disagreements which had resulted in a incredible actually stepping aside to let Shay shoot the infamous staircase scene himself. Man, it's not a staircase scene, it the part one where they turn on the stairs and then her feet getting stuck in the um, steps and this glue and putty. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Like I said, go watch Never Sleep Again, the M Street uh legacy documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Go watch that. But anyway, let's let's just talk about it. Um They didn't really, they didn't even invite him back because like I said, him and Bob Shay um was, didn't agree on a lot of things. Bob Shay and were creating didn't agree. So that's one reason he didn't come back. Uh, but it just it got to the point where they got they had a different director, like they how they, they disagreed over and over and over and over. It just didn't work out. And then, like I said, I feel like because they wanted a sequel, and when Bush Crane was like, I don't want this to be a se- a sequel, a bunch of franchise, a movie with a lot of sequels, they just kind of and miss and suck. He's like, this is gonna be one movie, and it's gonna be great. Let's make one movie, let's move on. But hey, that sucked. That didn't work out. Didn't get him in part two. And I just feel like it plus it has something to do with the whole Freddie getting possessed too. Like the ideas of sequels, and then you tell him your ideas like, oh, we're gonna have Freddie trying to possess a boy. Uh, yeah, no thanks. Doesn't tie in with what I wanted. Yeah, so um I said Well, Crane wasn't um invited back, he was reportedly allowed to read the script and offer his notes notes which when ignored ignored since they carried in unmistakable subtext of please do not produce this screenplay. Another fun fact, um Helen Laningcamp who played Nancy Thompson. She wasn't asked to come back either. Did yeah, two? Aside signed up for our, Robert England, Nancy, Heather Landekamp, and Wes Craven. Those two names just tie in with the first Nightmare on the Street movie. You don't remember nobody else's names, you remember those. Wes Craven, the genius behind Nightmare on the Street, director, pretty much big boy writer, then Heather Lannicap who played Nancy, Nancy, the final girl, then Robert England, who played Freddy Krueger. Those three names, two of those three names did not come back for this sequel. You mentioned her name, you mentioned Nancy's name, but come on now. <laughs> Instead of them, you know, focus on the story of Nightmare Entry, so the barbara, they focus on the new resonance. So which means they kind of do a time show. Mm. Well, like I said, in the Never Sleep Again documentary, Heather Lang I mean, said that she was never actually offered a chance to come do Nightmare 2. And Newsline's producer couldn't really recall if they ever actually been in the, in the internal discussion. Fun fact number three. They started filming with Freddie played by an extra, not Robert England Because they were being too fucking cheap. They didn't want to pay Robert England So they were trying to find somebody to replace him, so they had to play by an extra. Like, they was penny-pinching you know, and it had something to do with why Lane Captain, Heather Lane Captain come back. But it was also did it also did lead to Robert England being recast. Temporarily, Robert England, his agent, realized how crucial he was to the role of Freddie and mistakenly assumed New Line did as well. So when Robert England asked for more money to return number two, New line, like, nah, we good. <laughs> Since you know, Bob wow, Shane he assumed anyone could play Freddy. Not anybody can play Freddy. You know, you found different guys to play. Jason and Michael Myers or Leatherface. But you can't just have anybody playing Freddy Krueger. You know, he thought he just a dude on a rubber mask. Bullshit. Nope. Nobody has the, the, the energy and the vibe and the skills and the suave. Like Robert England brought to playing Freddy Krueger. So they put that to test and cash the extra to replace Robert England. But he played like Frankenstein's monster with was, was slow, rigid movements. After suffering through this in the early stage family, Jack Shoulder went straight to shape to the man that gave Robert England whatever he wanted. What exactly what England wanted and ultimately got is a question. Is a question nightmare to Leaning Man. Um and promised to answer in his forthcoming documentary, which he did. Go watch it. I'm not going to tell you. Why don't you guys go watch it? So, apparently, fun fact, apparently Brad Pitt, Christian Slater, and John Stables all auditioned to play Jesse. <laughs> I never knew that. That's something that I never knew. These guys played him. I probably heard this before. Just don't remember hearing it in the documentary or in Mark Patton's documentary. But yeah, Brad Pitt. Could you imagine Brad Pitt being scared and screaming like a little girl? I mean, probably back then they'd take five. But Christian Slater, yeah. You know. Excuse me, John Stamos, Uncle Jesse. Oh gosh. I mean, they they would have been no. You know, just saying, speaking seriously. They'd have made a good attracting Jesse. So, <laughs> wouldn't that be something? Wow. Chris Slayton did play in the movie Heathers in 1988. And you know, this movie Brad Pitt paid in in Dallas in 1987. But Uncle Jesse? Oh, man, that would be dope, I ain't gonna lie. But I guess they, they was all, you know. Mm, i will. going gonna, gotta start somewhere. That's what I kind of like about eighty slasher movies, like a lot of their roles, they give the cat give the people that's not like big stars, like let's give, let's try to make new stars, let's get some unknown known, make them known, because Mark Patton, he probably did, he did have a few other things, but it was this movie that really just got his name out there, but it didn't go anywhere. People, this is one people seem to get mixed up. I never got mixed up. No, no, no. Number five, Meryl Streep is not Lisa Wilbur in this movie. It is Kim Myers, not Meryl Streep. I can kind of see how people get it mixed up, uh, but no, it's not. Again, they went with a quote-unquote kind of unknown trying to make her known. So, you know what I mean? But, yeah. It's not her. <laughs> like I said, the whole homophobic, the homosexual energy you may feel in this movie, it was supposed to be subtext, you know what I mean? The homoeroticism of this movie, you know. I I, I have nothing against that people. You know. One of my one of my co-workers, he is, me and McCool, don't know him are cool, we get along. We talk about a lot of different things, you know. We just know what to talk about and not to talk about. He respects me; I respect him. Cool. But now, if you go back and watch this movie, you will see a lot more. Like as a kid, I really didn't notice it; paying no attention. I just looked at that a slasher movie. Even to the day, even though I know what's going on in this movie, and I can see the things that's going on in this movie—the the homo, Iraqism. I still don't pay no attention. I just watch it. as a slasher movie, and I try to enjoy this movie for what it is. It's a Freddy Krueger movie. It's a Nightmare on movie, and movie. All that other stuff really don't really too much matter to me. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Because they really didn't just. Reason I say that because if you get uncomfortable watching this movie, then you're you're missing out because they didn't really go in full homoeroticism scenes. It really wasn't that into it. It wasn't much. They may have made like okay, I can kind of see their feeling. Jesse, you know, kinda weird, kinda suspect, kinda out there. But you know, it's not a big deal in this movie. Like people may try to make it. People that are homophobic may try to make it, but this movie is a good movie still. Good slasher movie. Not better than the first one or part three, but at least they try to make it a slasher movie. And it's better than some of those sequels they put out there, trust me. I know what I'm talking about? Guess what, guys. Bob Shea I didn't know this as a kid until I saw the documentary. And I got older. New Line's president Bob Shay. He played the bartender at the gay bar. You know where Jesse was when Jesse was trying to get a beer, where Snyder stopped him. SMM joints. That's what it's called. The production was micromanaged, She was rushed, and strained. not surprised, a lot of her slash moves were back in the day. You know, so. Hmm. I mean, I'm just saying, Pig, I mean, it, it is, you know, what's crazy is, um, it came, it was Pig to come out November 1st, 1995, release date um uh, when the first M Street had just came out November 9th 1994 so you pretty much put on a push a movie out a year after the first one they did not take that and be honest and making movies pushing them with sequel out a year after the first one was come that means you're not really taking much time in your production and your script and your directing and your acting any of that stuff. not you're not taking time I feel like Movie came out in 1984. A sequel, we shouldn't get a sequel to like maybe 1986, maybe 1987. That means you took time with to a good director, good actor, get a good script, got a good production team, makeup artists, all that. It's not a rush. Couple years. I say if came back we came back in nineteen eighty four, probably shouldn't have got a sequel to nineteen eighty six. That's just how I feel. So, the part when Freddie, when Walked up on Jesse in the house and he was like, You got the body. I got the brains. That line was Bob Shea idea. It was. I mean, there's a line that's remembered just like the whole you are my children now line. Two lines that's iconic in that movie. You all are my children now. <laughs> Yeah, you. Get out of here. So, another fun fact: they had the honor of actually naming the town where M Street is on. Wait, what? They had the honor of actually name the town where M Street is on? Okay, so well, I remember the first name of M Street. At any point in the movie, do we actually learn the name of the town? Nope, we do not. It's actually in Springwood. It's, it's Springwood Slasher. Didn't know that until like later on in the films. We learned, and yeah, we didn't get to hear that in the first one. We don't. I gotta watch the first one. All everything they said, it. I think that was never a big deal. They just focused on trying to get this movie done. The movie is actually in a fictional town of Springwood, Ohio. But they never make that original impression. And they didn't come up with a name for the town until the sequel. We didn't know where the hell they was living in. They reached out to New York town. It was in Indiana, Illinois, California. There was a Springwood, Ohio. Huh, Springwood, how about that? Another fun fact, I'm finally this. Another fun fact. The dance scene, you know, just when his room, the music playing, Dan was, was butt pumping the um, the drawer to his dresser. Yeah. And when the, he had the sunglasses and the hat, and he was air humping with the whatever sticky drumstick he was using. It was supposed to pay homage to the Risky Business, to the movie the Risky Business. Uh, they felt like, hey, like, Tom Cruise can get away with dancing and lip singing in his living room and risky business in 1983. Why can't Mark Patton do it in his bedroom in 1985? I would never would have put those two together. I would never pay that no attention. I thought I was just a dude in his room, chilling, clean room. I know when I clean my room, I'm listening to music. You know, I'm a grown man. But when I was a teenager, cleaning my room, living my parents. I listen to music because of him time go by and it made it fun. I really like doing it, but it had to be done or my parents were gonna kick my ass. So, Freddy's eye was played by the fix designer's girlfriend. As Jesse transformed into Freddy, we see a quick shot of Freddy's eye staring at Jesse's open mouth, what I talked about earlier with the design ah, 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 ah. So they accomplished that shot. Making a dummy of Mac Patton's head with the hole where Freddie eye will look through. It wasn't Rob England. It was the special effects designer's girlfriend, the special effects designer Kevin Yagner, his girlfriend. So in that moment, Freddie was technically played about woman. Another fun fact: Freddie only appeared in this movie for 13 minutes you hear his voice a lot but only 13 minutes that's not a long time i mean in any of the nightmare industry films he doesn't appear in the movies a long time All like in dream sequence where you like to kill somebody else then we see the character trying to figure out how they're gonna survive so yeah seems like most of this major like um horror movie franchises have that one eyeball entry where the villain barely appears in it at all so and this is it 13 minutes. Wow. All right. So, how did the movie do in the box office? Let's see. How we? I think the movie only had, like, two kills in this movie. Coach Snyder and Grady. Yeah, only two kills. That's a very low number. But, no, it had more than that. It had people getting killed at the um, barbecue. Bunch of no-name teenagers. They got killed at the party. This is a birthday party, but the main characters that had names was two, but yeah, whatever. (sighs) Nightmare on M Street, favorite Revenge was made for $2.2 million and grossed $29.9 million, which would be like making $68.1 million at the current ticket prices. Yeah. That was an improvement over the first nightmare, which ended with twenty five million dollars. Cool beans! At the time, sequels didn't normally outgrow their predecessors. Case in point: Friday the Thirteenth Part Two was nowhere as big of a hit as the first Friday the Thirteenth. So, considering this movie being what it is, congratulations for doing better than the first one, money wise, but overall, definitely, definitely nowhere near bigger and better than the first one but anyway guys this is your main man Kel Breezy and this is my, my take and fun facts of a Nightmare in M Street 2 Freddy for revenge if you haven't seen this movie go check it out and then come on back and we can talk about this in the comments or you can email me at Kel at gmail.com or you can find me on any of the social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram uh, don't forget to click the link down below to you know, go buy you some of that Kale's World or Wrestling Rank 901 merchandise that I'm selling. Links down below. Anyway, this is your main man Kale Breezy. We're in Kale's World. It's a fun place. It's a happy place. It's a loving place. Well love and I'm out.